Hey there, before we get started, please be advised and be aware that this series, Scars and Ashes, is for mature audiences only. It contains conversation about sexual violence, and that can be triggering for some. So if you're down to continue listening, thank you. But if this is too much and you cannot listen, that's totally fine. We invite you instead to pray for people impacted by sexual violence and also pray for our society as a whole. God bless. Welcome to Let's Talk Church, the podcast featuring conversations and information for the church curious and convinced. I am your host, Sonia, and today we're talking about Dinah, Jacob's only daughter, in episode two of the series, Scars and Ashes. Let's Talk Church. A few weeks ago, I launched a survey regarding Genesis 34. I asked for a definition of the word scar. Some keywords in the results were repeated over and over again. Here they are, here they are. Scars are reminders of the past, reminders of past damage. Someone said something that was marked, that marked what was once clean, but is now stained. Someone else said something that is not pleasant to look at. Again, with the reminder. So it was a reminder of a long lasting pain that may lessen, but never go away. Is a mirror back into hurt, pain and difficult times. Scars were also defined as an imperfection, but scars were also reminders of how they were able to overcome. It's a healed wound. Wounds. Wounds require healing, even spiritual wounds. It's important for a wound to heal, even if it leaves a scar. Of the respondents, two thirds were familiar with Dinah's story. And as such, knowing what we now know, it's safe to say that Dinah received a wound when she encountered Shechem. The state she was in when she left home would be vastly different from the one she was in when she was reunited with her family. I asked some probing questions in the survey, and I discovered that 62% of the survey respondents had been a victim of unwanted sexual advances. And within their own families, 44% of the respondents had a family member that had been a victim of a sexual assault. That's a lot. Let those numbers sink in for a minute. 62% of the respondents had been a victim of unwanted sexual advances. And then 44% of people in their family had been a victim of sexual assault. So, you know, I asked, 
if they felt that time healed all wounds. It is, after all, a popular saying. I turned to Google to see what it said. There is a quote found there that is attributed to Rose Kennedy, and it says the following. It has been said time heals all wounds. I do not agree. The wounds remain. In time, the mind, protecting its sanity, covers them with scar tissue and the pain lessens, but is never gone. Psychology Today says that time heals all wounds. That particular saying is one of the most unhelpful cliches you can pull out when speaking with a grieving person. The article itself talks more in terms of losing a loved one, but emphasizes the following points. Some things um, get worse, and sometimes things get worse before they get better. In the long run, time doesn't improve matters for some people. Time goes slowly sometimes when you're hurting, and the days can all seem to blend together. That article also says that trauma is literally timeless. We have to consider what one means when they say heal. Nobody can tell you what your experience of loss will be like. And this article is written by Leah Royden. Dinah lost life as she knew it. After her experience with Shechem, it was gone. 88% of our own survey respondents said that time does not heal all wounds. And when we open the text back to where where we left off last week, we find out that Jacob has heard what happened to his only daughter. Are you looking for handmade skincare products? Well, if you are, then may I suggest that you try Herbal Glow plant-based skincare? I have personally used the lemon and carrot body butter and I adore it. A little goes a long way and I'm all about getting the most bang for my buck. So if you're interested in Herbal Glow as featured in BuzzFeed, you can check them out at HerbalGlowUS.com. Herbal Glow, you are a noteworthy mention. The NLT, the New Living Translation of the Bible says, Soon Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah. But since his sons were out in the fields herding his livestock, he said nothing until they returned. That's verse 5. The King James Version says it this way. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter. Now his sons were with his cattle in the field, and Jacob held his peace until they were come. The New International Version writes it this way. When Jacob heard that his daughter Dinah had been defiled, his sons were in the fields with his livestock, so he kept quiet about it until they came home. Jacob saying nothing. Holding his peace and keeping quiet about his only daughter being defiled was apparently his son was apparently because his sons were in the fields. 
each translation that I read from the, you know, whether it be the New Living uh, Translation, the King James Version and New International Version, link those events together. Defiled is to be unclean in a ritual or even a moral sense. Birth, menstruation, emission, emissions from the body, leprosy, sexual relations, and contact with death were among the things that caused personal uncleanness. By his actions, Shechem violated and shamed Dinah. And now she is at the center of a crisis. She's been damaged. Her fathers and brothers will ultimately feel insulted. More to come later on that. But what we find here in verse 5 is Jacob waiting on his sons. Jacob was silent. Silent. His only daughter was raped. And he said nothing. He waited for his sons who were out in the fields herding his livestock to, to, you know, and waited for them to respond before he'd say something. Now, in fairness to Jacob, we don't know why he waited. Maybe he was grieving. Maybe he was distraught. Maybe he was thinking this could lead to some type of civil unrest and he needed his sons there for any potential battle. There's lots of excuses we could use to fill in the void of why he says nothing. The Bible doesn't record his emotional response to Dinah's defilement. It records his lack of action in the moment. Jacob is not seen providing any fatherly leadership. He finds out what happens and he waits. And, you know, look, some may say that this is uh, strategic on his part. But I, I, little, I struggle with that a little bit um, as a result of what happens when later, uh, later on when Simeon and Levi implement their plan. Perhaps they put together their plan because there was a lack of another plan put forth by their own father. We're not told that Dinah was comforted or consoled. She was left with Shechem instead. She was left there. One of my commentaries says they used Dinah as bait in a trap. So the question that I, I wonder is, did Jacob silence give room for violence? That's something to consider. Did his silence, did his waiting, did that give room for violence? As the leader of the family, wasn't this a time to step up and say something? Wasn't this a time to provide direction to his sons? Guide them in their hurt and anger in a way that will result in some sort of, of justice for Dinah and not destruction for all. But that's not what happened. We'll talk about the aftermath soon. We don't know what, you know, we, we have no further details about Jacob in this, in this instance. You know, the Bible records that he waited. But I wonder what you would have done in this situation. How would you have comforted Dinah? I looked up this organization named RAIN. It's spelled RAIN with two N's and it stands for Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. In the About page, they say that they are the nation's largest anti-sexual violence organization. They have a national sexual assault hotline reachable at 800 656 HOPE. 800 656 H 
H-O-P-E, hope. Or you can reach them on the web at online.rain.org. In helping a victim of sexual assault, they suggest the following. They say to tell the victim that you believe them. Say, I believe you. It took a lot of courage to tell me about this. In essence, they want you to be a support to the person who has gone through this. They also suggest telling that person it's not your fault. You didn't do anything to deserve this. Rain says that survivors may blame themselves. And so as the person that they're speaking with, we're to remind the survivor, maybe even more than once, that they are not to blame. We can also tell them, you're not alone. I care about you. And I'm here to listen or to help in any way that I can. We're to let the survivor know that we're there for them and willing to listen to their story if they're comfortable sharing it. And we're to remind them that there are service providers who will be able to support them as they heal from the experience. And lastly, Rain tells us that um, you can you can also express how you feel. You can tell that person, look, hey, I'm sorry this happened to you. This should not have happened to you. That's empathy. We can acknowledge that the experience has affected their life with phrases like this must be really tough for you. And I'm so glad that you're sharing this with me. Phrases like that help to communicate empathy. And there's more details on their website. It's rain.org and you can look there. Look there. Um, it's under a section called tips for talking with survivors of sexual assault. Are you looking for handmade skincare products? Well, if you are, then may I suggest that you try Herbal Glow plant-based skincare? I have personally used the lemon and carrot body butter and I adore it. A little goes a long way and I'm all about getting the most bang for my buck. So if you're interested in Herbal Glow as featured in BuzzFeed, you can check them out at HerbalGlowUS.com. Herbal Glow, you are a noteworthy mention. In the survey, I asked what was your best advice for someone dealing with a hurt that was caused by someone else's actions. The number one response was, take care of yourself. Address your emotions and feel the pain instead of trying to block it out. Don't bury it. Instead, seek counseling. That was the number one response from the survey. Then the number two response was prayer. Seeking God for help through prayer. Opening up that communication line with, with God and expressing how you're feeling. And then the third response, which was basically a three-way tie of three different responses, but together in third place, we're addressing the perpetrator if you can. If you can, sometimes that's not possible, but if you can, then that was what um, some people from the survey felt that you could do. Uh, forgive. I would imagine that this may may take some time to process through, but you can forgive that person. And then the third and the three-way tie was to find a way 
to move forward. You have to find a way you can't stay stuck there. Each person will take a different stance that we won't really know unless we're faced with the situation. And I do pray that we are not ever in this type of situation. But with any situation in life, particularly situations like these, we can find comfort in drawing closer to Jesus. As we wrap this episode, won't you consider whispering a prayer of protection with me? A prayer of healing? A prayer of comfort? A prayer that people worldwide would turn their hearts to the Lord? And if you're not sure how to pray, just know it's conversation with God. Just talk to him about how you feel. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that's coming from Psalm 34, 18. This is a little heavy. So this um, episode is going to be a little shorter than usual. But I want you to take some time and think about those tips. Take some time and just meditate on the information. Take some time and pray. Talk to God about Dinah. Talk to God about people you may know who are impacted by sexual violence and pray that this sin would be eliminated. I'm reminded of this song by Casting Crowns. And they talk about a slow fade. And they say, um, be careful little eyes what you see. Isn't this something that um, started when Shechem saw Dinah? Be careful little eyes what you see. The chorus goes on saying that, you know, it's a slow fade. When black and white turns to gray and they end talking about how, you know, people never crumble in a day. Daddies never crumble in a day. Families never crumble in a day. But instead, it's a slow fade. Be careful. Little eyes. What you see. Dinah's dealing with the consequences of Shechem's sin against her. And pretty soon, everyone in that region will be dealing with the consequences as well as Levi and Simeon take their vengeance. In the next episode, we're going to ha- we're going to explore that. We're going to explore what happens when the brothers find out. If you like what you heard today, be sure to click subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. This way you'll never miss an episode and just know in your heart that I thank you in advance. Until next time, Let your light so shine. You have been listening to Let's Talk Church, a podcast designed for the curious and the convinced. Join us weekly as we explore and get more comfortable with Christianity. If you haven't done so already, please click subscribe. Also, you're welcome to join us on Instagram at Talk Church. We pray that our God will bless and keep you.